Nothing like a little 80s music to get us going today. And the reason for that is I'm going back to the 80s today because on this episode, we're going to go back in time and talk to my old high school football coach. And we're going to talk about lots of principles that apply to young men that are timeless. This is the God and a Man podcast, and I'm your host, Tim Brown. Well, welcome to another episode of God and a Man. I'm your host, Tim Brown. And I just got to say today, I, I just I kind of got goosebumps because I'm I'm on the I'm on with uh, a man that got that came into my life at a very, very young age and had a huge, huge impact on me uh, as I look back. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to have him with me today. It's uh, Sam Harp. Sam was my uh, head football coach my three years, my last three years of, co- of high school at Callaway County High School down in Murray, Kentucky. Um, and again, Sam probably has no idea how impactful those three years were on me. And we're going to talk about some of that today, but uh, coach, I want to say welcome to the podcast and, and thank you for your time today. Well, thanks for having me on Tim. Uh, Look forward to this ever since uh, you contacted me about coming on the air with you. I'm going to give everybody a little bit of background on you, Coach, if that's okay. And if I miss something that you think I need to point out, I'm going to do that. But uh, you are, are now retired from coaching, and you uh, coached, if I'm correct, uh, for 42 years, high school football. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Um, and 36 of those were a head coach. Is that right? Right. Okay. Right. And when you retired from coaching in Kentucky, you uh, wound up being the, I think now you're the seventh winningest coach in high school football history in Kentucky, 326 wins. And uh, I want to brag on myself that I was involved in your very first win and I kind of set the stage for your success. Uh, <laughs> yes you did yes you did yeah that was the only game we won that year but <laughs> yeah it, uh, I, I will take credit for being for engineering your first uh, as quarterback engineering your first victory so uh, it, uh and you went on to win 325 more after that you won seven state championships um and you recently were inducted into the kentucky high school athletic association hall of fame a very, very prestigious honor. Um, but I think you're probably going to tell me your greatest honor has been married to Karen. How long y'all been married now? Uh, 46 years. 46 years. Right. And you, you came to Murray when you were 26, is that right? 28? 26, 26, yes. 26, yeah, that's right. right. Um, I thought, thought I knew a lot then, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we just didn't know what we didn't know, I guess is the, right, is the deal. Right. But uh, and then you have uh, three three kid three children and seven grandchildren, I think, right? Right, right. Yeah. And uh, you and I were laughing before we recorded that. Um, I know when my my wife and I we laughed that we've kind of concluded we didn't really like our, our kids after having these grandkids, but uh, not, nothing like them. Quite a joy. matter of fact, that's one of the reasons you're living where you're living now. You're you're living in Brunswick, Georgia, right? And you're there because your son Chase 
is coaching there and has two uh, kids and you wanted to be around those grandkids. So you all moved there a few years ago. So right. Right. Um, anything I left out that you'd want to. No, you pretty you pretty much hit it on the head, Tim. Okay. You know, it's uh, if you don't move, you, you, when you're in the coaching business, you know, and uh, if you don't move around, your son, uh, you know, the way I used to be when in the coaching business, he moved from town to town, and and uh, you know, the longest place I was at, at a, was Danville, Kentucky. I was there for 25 years, but the other places were four and five years, that type of deal, and. Right. Uh, so I, I, we knew that if we didn't move close to our grandkids, it'd be tough to really get to know them before they, they grew up. So we we spent four years in Tennessee for that very same reason, down with my daughter's uh, kids. And then, and then now down here in Georgia with uh, my son's kids, you know, to get to know them a little bit. Uh, where our final roost will be, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, I think you're, you're a Kentucky boy at heart, so I'm going to guess it might might be back this neck of the woods i hope so anyway selfishly because that means i might could hang out with you some so there you go. <laughs> yeah but uh coach i wanted to uh just kind of talk uh, in generalities this morning about some some different things in regards to young men i mean you know young men in our culture today um just man the things they deal with and struggle with uh, you and I were actually talking about social media a few minutes ago before we started our recording just this the world that young men live in today and the younger generations overall um, but I, I, I thought I'd start our time by asking you this question what is in your 42 years of coaching obviously you dealt with uh, you've been through the 80s 90s the 2000s 2010s and all that right with, with all these different generations of, of young men, especially it, is there certain differences that you could pinpoint as you, that you've seen from when you started coaching kind of as your a career evolved, just kind of the difference in some of the young men, if, if that's a, a, a good way to ask that. Well, you know, I think there is Tim, but I think, I think it's that way because we have uh, as adults have allowed it to become that way. Um, you know, kids now uh, grow up, they're so much more exposed to everything than than I was and then certainly than you were. You know, in the 80s and 90s generations, uh, you didn't have the cell phones and the internets and the iPads and all that the way they that they do today. I mean, my granddaughter is, is uh, five years old down here in Brunswick, Georgia, and, and they're on the... Uh, you know, virtual learning right now due to COVID still, and and she's learning by computer. I can imagine being five years old and being on a computer. Uh, yeah. So it's just the, the way the, of the world is today, and, and it's because of that exposure, you know, that, that they see so many things there that uh, we, we never saw, you know, growing up. And so you've got, you've got that to deal with, you know, kids are kids and, and, they're going to grow how you expect them to be. If your expectations are high, they'll be that way too. So as far as coaching, you know, I, I became a little bit more lenient as the years went on. Uh, not, not wasn't quite so stern in my way or the highway type thing uh, because, you know, families were broken and things like that. And it's just, uh, you get, you, you're a lot more to 
you know, as a coach to a young man than just his coach. You know, a lot of times you're his parent, you know, you're yeah. his best friend and those kind of things. But all in all, as far as the way the kids are today, I think they're a lot of them are that way because it's uh, it's allowed to be that way. But, you know, I think it, as grownups, uh, if we set the expectations out there and we hold them accountable for it, then uh, they'll if they want to be a part of it. You know, they'll certainly do that. So I, I, I just ask you kind of about the differences you've seen in young men over 42 years. But I'm going to kind of flip it over to the same question, but with a different tone. What have been some of the consistencies that don't seem to change in these young men, good or bad? Well, I think they all want to succeed. You know, uh, I think they all want to feel part of something. And, um, you know, some a lot more than others. I, I think because of, of the single parent home now being so much more than it, than it ever used to be, uh, I think those kids uh, really want the same thing. They need they need more guidance, you know, you know and uh, they don't need to sometimes to have that stern approach where, uh, like I said earlier, you're my way or the highway type deal. So, you know, as far as consistencies, you know, they want to succeed just like anybody else. They want to, uh, you know, do well wherever whatever they do, honestly. I, 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 what comes to mind is you talk, I listened to you about how you're my way or the highway. You know, one of the things that we've said about for ages about young men, especially, uh, but, but young, just the younger generations overall too, is that uh, the statement that most of these young people want discipline in their life. They want structure in their life. They just don't really know it until it happens. Is that, is that a fair statement? That, that is very fair assessment, Tim. Uh, that's exactly true. Uh, they, they may not admit it at the time, but when it's over with, um, you know, you, that's one of the things that you hear when they come back. You know, one of the greatest joys that I had coaching was when young men such as yourself and uh, a lot of others that I've coached have picked up the phone and call you and you know, just to talk and say, thanks, you know, yeah. coach and all that. And you really know, you know, when they do that, that you reached them somehow you, you able to reach out there and be significant in their life, you know, enough for them to want to reach back to you someday. And yeah, I think you're exactly uh, right on track with that. Um, it, in, a, in a conversation I had recently with uh, coach Mark Richt, uh, who was obviously, uh, head coach University of Georgia for 15 years, and then his last three years of coaching at the University of Miami. Yeah, he, he said something interesting, and I think he had told me he had heard it from uh, from a teaching by Dr. Tony Evans out in uh, Dallas, uh, a very significant uh, pastor in our culture today. And um, But he said, you know, Tony talks about how young men, especially athletes, um, that they kind of go through three hoods in their life. They're, they, they go through boyhood. Uh, they go through, they, then they progress to manhood and then they go to fatherhood. Mm -hmm. And Mark talked about how uh, the unfortunate thing he saw unfolding in his years of coaching was how many of these young men still showed up at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, still so ingrained in boyhood because They'd never really had anybody help 
moved them into manhood. Um, and I, I got, I, I know you well enough to know that I got to believe that was something that was important to you when you were coaching was trying to help develop these boys into, into men during the time that you had them. Well, absolutely, Tim. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a longtime admirer of Coach Rick and, and uh, followed him throughout his career. And he's, he's exactly right, you know, in saying that. Um, you know, it, coaching would be very shallow if it was just about wins and losses and championships and things like that. It's, it's about the relationships. And as a coach, you're, you're, you're a very sorry person if you don't build a relationship with those kids because so many of those kids need you. And uh, you, you can be an authoritarian figure, but at the same time, you can be a great teacher to them. You can be a confidant to them. You can put your arm around them when they're when they desperately need it. And uh, you can give them guidance in the right direction and then help them however, however you can. And the, and that's the deal with, with a lot of the kids. And, and that's probably the most uh, significant thing that I felt like about coaching uh, that I like so much is the relationships that I developed with the kids and also with staff members, you know, staff members needed it too. Yeah. Uh, Cause I had a lot of young guys, you know, that came through wanted to get into the profession and things like that. And, and some of them were desperately seeking uh, the right road, uh, manhood and also fatherhood. So, you know, uh, I think coach hit that one right on the head, honestly. So as we got maybe some young coaches listening, maybe just, men that are helping volunteer with little league and things like that. Um, I, this question, and you may have kind of already answered it, but I'm going to be kind of zero in on it. What, what would be, what was the most important thing you tried to really instill in these young men, if you want to say it that way, and then maybe look at it from a perspective now that some other people listening, what would you recommend they really focus on and trying to instill in these young men? Well, the biggest thing is, is the things that you don't see, you know, a uh, hard work ethic, um, a great intentional fortitude, uh, uh, understanding that, that everything doesn't always go your way. And there's, there's different ways to, uh, skin a cat and be successful. Um, that because you don't run as fast as everybody, uh, uh, you may not be as strong as everybody. You can still uh, contribute and have success in athletics and and also understand the values that bleed over to, to life as a whole and not just as a football player or an athlete. You know, things that you can take with you. Uh, you know, the, the biggest mistake that I think that I see in youth coaches all the time is, is they're, they're so – they want to be seen, uh, a lot of them um, – they want to be the next uh, Vince Lombardi to a certain degree. Uh, but I think when they uh, come to realize, you know, that they're there for the kids, uh, I think that's when they do their best work. Um, and I think this kind of all fits together here, but it's a little shift in a different direction. But um, looking back, you know, what you're, obviously you're at a point in your life where, you, you get to do that because you've got, you got a lot more wa uh, water under the bridge than, than you had 30 years ago. Um, so even as a young man, what, who were some of the biggest influences, I guess, 
and who and who you feel like you've become, and maybe and maybe why they were such an influence to you. Well, the first was my my father. Uh, my dad didn't play football, but uh, he he was a coach in in so many ways, and he uh, um, learned a lot of baseball from my dad. And he's really the first true coach I ever had. Uh, then I would say uh, my high school football coach. Uh, he would, had a brief stint with the uh, Cleveland Browns at one time, and uh, I admired him. He was he was one of those tough old guys, my way the highway type of thing, you yeah. know. Uh, honestly, and you know, and then my college coaches I went through. You know, I, I you probably have to to say it was all the coaches that was uh, that was a part of my life had the the greatest impact on my life. Um, because I, I admired them and I wanted to be like them, you know, and, uh, and I wanted to please them. So, uh, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but it's, yeah, that's yeah, probably what yeah. it was. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, um, I, I don't think any man, um, I honestly believe that there's not a man out there who doesn't want to be a difference maker. I mean, I think it's a God given thing cause we were created in his image and, to, to influence and make it, make an impact. But a lot of people, a lot of young men just don't aren't in a setting or have had men invest in them to, to help them help pull that out of them. And obviously you, you had that, you, you had men that, that, that did that for you. Um, and most of them wound up being coaches. And I, you know, I, I've, I've always said, especially as I've really focused on helping men over the last, 15 years really be who God made them to be um, is that um, men really need cheerleaders in their lives. And I, uh, I have a teaching I do where I talk about that um, and that how growing up as a kid, um, how badly I needed cheerleaders. And I, I mean, I don't mean ones that wore skirts. I mean, I kind of liked them too. Uh, (laughs) I wound up marrying one of them, but, um, but I look back at my life and, you know, um, and you just kind of described that too, that the cheerleaders I had in my life, and you, you were one of those guys. I mean, I, when I do the teaching, I, I mention you and I mentioned my dad, I mentioned my grandfather, I mentioned some other coaches. I mentioned some dad, some fathers of some of my friends because they, they always encouraged me. They cheered me on to really that I could be whatever I wanted to be. And, but then I got older and I grew up, and those, I didn't have cheerleaders anymore. And, but fortunately, because I'd had them younger, I was able to, you know, move on in, in life, not necessarily to the best success every time. But, um, so I think what, what you're describing there and kind of what I'm talking about is it is the significance of, of, of encouragement, um, which I, I know you well enough that that, that was something you, really focused on when I was around you a lot. And I would think overall in your coaching career, maybe that may have been one of the biggest things a lot of your players would say about you. Is that? Well, I, I, I hope so. Cause you know, uh, encouraging, motivating, uh, find ways that different young men uh, would tick, you know, uh, some young men, you, you had to climb on them pretty hard because uh, it's the only way they seem to understand things. Others, you got, you know, you put your arm around them and and uh, love them up. And I'm not to say some of those, even the guys I climbed on hard, you know, to uh, 
to get what they should do and things like that that didn't also need the arm around them. They did too. Right. You just approach those kind of young men a different way. And, and everybody needs cheerleaders in their life. You know, my wife, you know, so many, so many times I would come home and, and the day would have been rough or we lost a, a close game or whatever, you know, for instance, you know, lost, lost the state championship games, lost three of those as well, you know, and, and you, you go home and it just seems like the whole year was, was shot because you just didn't win that one last game. But that's, that's far from the, from the truth. There are so many right. victories that, that you took along with it all throughout the year. And, and, uh, you know, my wife was my biggest cheerleader, uh, going yeah. in my wife and my parents. Uh, yeah. so, you know, every, everybody needs a cheerleader in their life. Everybody has a different way of being motivated and all that. And, and that's one thing as, as a coach that you try to do is, is, is do that. And not just as a coach, but as a father and uh, a grown man, you know, trying to f- help kids find uh, direction in life that's going to lead to successful things for, for them. Yeah. So um, all said and done, let's fast forward. And, you know, you, your, your time is, is done and they, uh, show up to honor you. Um, what do you, what, what would be, if you could write your own deal there and kind of say, Hey man, this is what I hope they say. Um, as I look back, um, anything in particular you'd want, you'd want them to remember you as, yeah, you, you want a lot of ball games. <laughs> if, you had a lot of success, but is, what what else would you want them to say about you? I I would hope that they would say, you know, that he's he's the guy that cared about you. Um, mm. You know, because to me, um, if you don't care, it, you're not much of a yeah. of an individual. You got to care about people. Uh, that's the number one thing with me. Football championships and all that kind of stuff uh, the wins would be very shallow if it wasn't about the relationships and and things i i hope that uh, i was able to lead young men in the right direction and and i'm sure there's probably guys you know somewhere along the way that i i failed them uh i hope not but uh at the end of the day you know when you lay you lay your head on the pillow at night uh i, I hope that people can 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 reflect back and say, hey, you know, glad glad I played for that guy, or glad glad he was a part of my life because uh, he took me further than I could take myself. Now, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Awesome, that's awesome. Well, I uh, I can tell you that uh, it's it's been a long time since I played for you. Uh, I I was on your very first team as a head coach, I guess, but as we talked a little bit while ago before we got on about uh, before our recording, we talked about trying to bring some guys back together 40 years after um, we had a, a, a little of what we thought was a pretty significant accomplishment in our life back in high school. I can tell you a lot of those guys today still um, comment about you after all these years and um, how much, you, how much you, meant to them and impact them, how much they'd love to see you again. And um, so I think, I think that's probably what, what'll get said. Yeah. They'll, they may, they may talk about a particular game or, or something, but in the wins, but uh, I think, I think you've done it. I think you've done it the right way. And uh, I, I appreciate that about you. 
always have. And I don't think anybody spends any time around you uh, wouldn't come to the conclusion that you, you did what you did for the right reasons. And, um, and I tell you to do it as long as you did, you had to really care because uh, it's kind of hard to, to, uh, to give your life away to young men like that over and over and over for so many years. So I just want you to know how much I respect and honor you for that and appreciate your investment in, in young men for so many years. And um, I hope guys listening today were able to pull some things out of there that are going to really help them uh, stand the test of time and be, be the men they God made them to be as well. So, well, I thank you for that, Tim. Uh, uh, you know, I coached you during a period of time where I, I thought I knew a lot of, a lot about the game and, and a lot about coaching. I was pretty young, uh, whippersnapper, you know, uh, among those days. So I tell you, it's, uh, but it's a special group of guys that you were with that, uh, will never forget. Uh, I can, I can, I'd like to go say one more thing. I can remember yeah. when, when we played a game down at South Fulton, and I, I remember you as a quarterback, you, you took a lot of hits that night. And you just beat up pretty good. And, and you got in a locker room, you sat in the chair, and you couldn't get back up out of that chair. You had grown numb. And, uh, you, you know, I don't know whether your spinal cord or column or whatever swelled, but it just didn't, wasn't going right for you at the time. And we was all concerned. And we, we was about as fast to take you to a hospital there as it was to take you to a hospital back in Murray. So I climbed in the back of that old station wagon and, uh, uh, with you and laid down there and wrapped my arms around you and my legs. Hmm. Remember that? I, <laughs> I, I do as I've got tears running down my face. Cause I do remember that. Yeah. And I knew, I knew from that point on that, uh, that you would, that you cared. And um, so all the success you had, as I look back on your, your success in coaching, I think, I think that, that, that night and you in that back of that station wagon with me um, probably set the stage for why you were, why you were so successful. So, um, and you, you, you said it a lot, uh, numerous times today is that you, uh, you know, you cared and um, you know, we're living in a, in a culture today where that's a question I ask a lot of men today. Do, do, do you really even care? Do we right. really even, do we really even care about the generations behind us? Are we, do we really, do we, re, do we just, are we, or are we just leaving them on their own? Do we really care? So, uh, I, man, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because to me, that is, that's kind of what we need to be, need to be doing today. We need to be, you, you, you were, you, you wrapped yourself around a 17 year old boy in the back of a station wagon and rode all the way to the hospital with me and, uh, because you cared. And so, um, I don't think anybody will ever doubt that, that about that about you. And I, again, I'm convinced that's one of the reasons uh, the Lord granted you so much, so much, so much success in your coaching career. So, um, I appreciate you bringing that up. So, um, I don't, I don't know how I can follow that up with anything else. So, <laughs> uh, coach, I, uh, so appreciate you. Thank you for your time today. And, um, 
guys, I hope you'll, uh, you benefited from this, this episode today and I uh, hope you'll join us for our next episode of God in a Man.